Rouge. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. As we kick in the countdown is on college football. And there's an NFL, and man, we've been college football heavy all week because that's what comes up first. Uh, but we're going to blast through the NFL games. I promise we're going to go through every game, not through every game with Tony. So we'll just sort of jump in. Tony, NFL first game in a rotation is the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bills laying six and a half. Um, most of the people that we talk to like the Buffalo Bills uh, in this game. Total is 48.5. I find that to be interesting. I think it's a little light there. I also find it intriguing. The Panthers are minus 3.5 now against the Jets. That number uh, keeps coming down. Jacksonville lay 3 at Houston right now. Tennessee's number never moves, sitting at 3. Total's gone up from 52.5 to 53.5. Uh, their Eagles get 3. Uh, Matthias is uh, Falcons. Chargers get a point and a half at the Washington football team. San Francisco now minus 8.5 at Detroit. Uh, Seattle minus three at Indy. Uh, Vikings minus three at Cincy. A lot of three-point spreads. Uh, Patriots lay three to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Browns get five and a half in KC. Denver three-point chalk. Uh, Green Bay lay three and a half on a neutral field in Jacksonville against New Orleans. And then the Rams lay seven and a half on Sunday Night Football. Which game uh, do you want to talk about here, Tony? No. Pittsburgh. All right, that's it. You got to be kidding me. Even me now. A mess for them. For uh, Buffalo, it's early, and Buffalo, on, that's just on, too many sorry. points. Too many points. Hold on, sorry. We just missed half of what you said. What I do? The, the hell just happened? <laughs> Is that on you, Matthias? <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm here, honest. Oh uh, real quickly, God. then, we, I know you ran out of time. But listen, Pittsburgh, it's too many points week one to pass up Pittsburgh plus six and a half, seven. Every time it goes to seven, the Sharps are burying this, and it goes back to six and a half, Gabe. Um, Pittsburgh's going to be tough defensively. I don't think that they're better than Buffalo, but I think this situation calls for a play plus the points, the, the Steelers. All right, Steelers. Anything else you like, Tony? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think if you're you're playing, if you're looking just to get through week one, the craziness that's week one, and you're in a, you're in a, uh, basically a, a survivor league, the Rams are. I think the Rams are the most automatic team in week one at home. Laying, the, I don't want to lay the seven and a half necessarily, but but in a straight up game, I think the Rams are the play here. Uh, maybe the biggest mismatch is Detroit. Uh, uh, Detroit getting they're getting eight and a half, but I can't take this team. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. They lose their left tackle this morning. Uh, um, it, it's a mess in Detroit as well. I really, really like New England here. I like New England minus the three over Miami. That's probably my favorite play, my best play, my biggest play of the week. Really. Really? Yeah. You like it that much, huh? All right, hold yeah, on, Tony. we got about another two minutes uh, here. We'll see if we can make it through. Got to welcome <laughs> the AM affiliates here. Hold on. <laughs> Shout out to our AM radio affiliates. It's level three. I am Renzi. we got a couple of minutes or seconds with Tony Finn. Who knows? Life's unpredictable. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike Blewett's going to join us from New York City as well. In a couple of minutes, we'll talk NFL football, get NFL picks uh, from Mike. So, uh, Tony... 
the the New England Patriots laid three, and we had Eli Gold on earlier, play-by-play voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. It's interesting. He said this game is only on in four states. Um, it's on, it obviously, in, in Mass. It's on in Rhode Island. It's on in Hawaii. And it's on in Alabama because <laughs> of the matchup of the Alabama quarterbacks here. But I'm, yeah. out of all the games, this is one of the games you like the most. It's the one you like. Laying yeah. three with the Patriots with Mac Jones in his first start in the NFL. Talk to me, boy. But yeah, uh, really quickly, and that is Bill Belichick. At no at no time during his forever tenure in in in, in New England have they spent this kind of money in free agency. Uh, it's it's one of those games where Miami goes. Uh, they're just not going to be able to keep. They're not going to score. They cannot beat this New England team in in in, in Foxborough, and, and they're going to grind this out. The Patriots are going to grind this out, and they're going to get to Tua. And uh, they're going to wish they had for Pat Fitzpatrick back, uh, the beard back. Uh, I like I like the Patriots minus three. They win by twenty. They win by twenty. They win by twenty. Wow. Oh yeah. my God! Wow. Yeah, uh, I, and that that goes for that's that's my road that's my home team. I like. And I know we don't have much time, but I think you're safe. Uh, I think you can take a team that's lost 18 straight games and bet them as a favorite on the road tomorrow in Week One in the NFL. The Jacksonville Jaguars over the Houston Texans. I like the Texans. <laughs> well, I'm I'm feeling a bottle of mezcal on that game. I'll take. I'll give you. I'll give you. Uh, just to make it interesting, I'll give you four, not three. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're an unbelievable, fan Because I like the Dolphins too. Now you're coming at me. So what do you like the Jags by? By forty? I'm just looking no, at I the don't. alternate spread here. I'm I'm looking at the alternate spread here. For okay. The okay. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, well, I mean, uh, tell me how. Tell me this. How is this team? How is this Houston team better? With Taylor quarterback and no and no hey. and no defense, they're just hey, Patriots. Good. Patriots minus eighteen and a half is five to one. That's not that's not quite enough, but I'll take it's it. Not enough, I know. It's not no, enough. It's not right. enough. No. Says uh, the no. Patriots roll, and he likes the Jags. God bless you, Tony Finn. Thank you, Tony. I'm so, uh, I love you. Hope to see you next week. Late Night Anger Maxwell Class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenci. The countdown to kickoff is on. The National Football League regular season is upon us. Uh, but uh, we've got a full slate of football coming up. We've got a full slate of NFL football. Uh, we've got a full slate of college uh, football. Let's bring in Mike Blewett to break it all down. Mike, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us on the Friday Night Freak Show. Likewise, buddy. Excited that uh, this season is upon us. We got off to a good start yesterday. Hopefully the games are as exciting as that one was. Now, before we get into the games and some college and some uh, NFL talk, it'd be remiss of me um, not to um, not to recognize it is the 20th anniversary of uh, 9/11, and I saw you tweeting about it earlier in the week, in which uh, you had previously moved uh, to New York a couple of years uh, prior uh, to that. So you've been living in New York for like 25 uh, plus years, and I saw your tweet stating, you know, reflective uh, memories. What uh, what's your feeling now that it's actually you know, it's 20 years to the day right now? Yeah, so to, just to clarify sort of background and how I came into it and, and what I was talking about the other day on, on social media and reflecting about it. So I actually grew up in New York, a native New Yorker. I grew up in Queens, New York. I uh, lived in Boston for many years where I went to school. And then, and then you uh, came back. back. Yeah. Yes, and moved back into Manhattan. But the day I moved into Manhattan 
was September 8th, 2001. And I moved into an wow. apartment in the financial district, just two blocks from where the Twin Towers were. In fact, the day that I moved in, I went for a walk around my now new neighborhood, and I was standing underneath the towers, as I'd done as a kid, as I'd done as a New Yorker growing up. It's a place you visit, you go to the observatory deck, and it was the type of thing that was a, an icon, a staple of New York City life and of the skyline and everything else. So, uh, you know, my experiences that day were, are very memorable. I was lucky not to be in the neighborhood that day. But so why, why weren't you? Just by chance? What, what was your daily? By chance, yeah. So what so, was your daily routine like at that time and what was different about that day? On that particular day, I would have likely been on the subway headed to my corporate job at the time. Uh, so I would have probably been stuck in Manhattan and figuring out how to get off of Manhattan like everyone else. That particular day was a local election day and a friend of mine from high school was running for city council. He had asked me to do some light campaigning for him the morning of the election. So I was actually in Queens, in Woodside, Queens, in front of an elementary school, handing out flyers in order to get him elected. And uh, he later was elected, but obviously the, the elections that day were canceled and they had a new runoff. But that's why I was not in the neighborhood at that time. It's just pure happenstance. You know, you really, as someone that lived in New York as well, it really, it really, I swear, Mike, not a day went by. Like, how could you not? Like, basically, I took the ferry across the Hudson daily, and I was basically passing you know, the World Trade Center on, on a daily yeah. basis. And yeah. what would really strike home is they had plaques in the ferries, like on the boats. Yeah. You know, Detective, De Detective Perez, um, you know, Port Authority Police, NYPD, New York, um, you know, the fire department, uh, from all over, actually, whatever. And and it just, it strikes, it strikes you. Like, these people, they really, like, ran in. Like, they took their lives going in there to save other people. Like, you can't, exactly. there's no other way. We're, it's, the world the world was less polarizing there, too, wasn't it, Mike? It's amazing, isn't it? Like, yeah. It, it certainly feels that way. Uh, there was no other opportunity other than as other places around the country and around the world, when you suffer an extreme tragedy like that, there's no other option than to pull together to try to get past it. We had 3,000 people in one basically single solitary block that had perished during these attacks, and there was no other way to get past it other than to kind of put one foot in front of the other, help out your neighbor when they needed it. And the people often did comment that New Yorkers became a little less hardened and a little bit nicer. Obviously, as a native, I would like to think that we had always were friendly folks, but- uh, I, 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 think, I think you are, I think yeah. you are. Yeah. Um, and I say this with all love to New Jersey, because I love Jersey, but Jersey's <laughs> much meaner. <laughs> like, just, like, Jersey's the only place where New York drivers are like, Freaking Jersey drivers, man. These guys, like, <laughs> you know, it's true, Mike, right? Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. You, you know, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was reflective the other day because I, to give a sense of how it impacted a lot of native New Yorkers, one of my guys that was a football teammate in, in my homeroom in high school was one of those firefighters that you mentioned that ran into the towers. Um, oh, yeah. The red bandana game. I don't know if anybody's familiar with The Man in the Red Bandana. There's a documentary about it. He happened to play lacrosse at Boston College, a gentleman named Wells Crowther. He's somebody I knew personally. We worked together. So there are ways in which I'm connected to the tragedy that are unique to most people listening, 
but I am also very removed from it because I was friends with those people and I did attend memorial services and it was very sad, but relative to some other people, I'm really yeah. goddamn lucky, Gabe. I, I just really am. I Nothing happened to me physically that day. I didn't have family members ripped out of my arms. I didn't have to see the tragedy other than on television like everyone else did. So many things could have gone wrong and they went right for me that day. And there are many people that I've met over the years that it is not the case for. They lost family members, fathers. There's people I've met over the years that are New Yorkers or from New Jersey, and they were nine when their father passed in the attacks. It's a very visceral thing for me as a New Yorker. And that's why I was reflecting on it the other day. I just feel very lucky. And uh, even when I feel sad about it, I, I feel lucky because of um, no, that nothing really happened to me that day. Mike blew it with us. It's going to be an emotional day. Um, it's going to be an emotional day uh, tomorrow across the country, but yeah, and it's not just it's not just New York. Yeah. Uh, the DC, tragedy, Pennsylvania, uh, sure, exactly. That uh, the tragedy struck, but the New York Mets and the New York Yankees uh, will be playing, and they will wear caps for the New York City Police Department, Fire Department, Port Authority Police Department um, um, to to honor. Um, honor the first responders. Bobby Valentine is going to be there. Like you said, like living there just sort of really struck me. Like I was in the mm -hmm. Port Authority every day, right? I just see, you know, the wall, and we honor these these people and taking a ferry and walking past the fire precincts and mm -hmm. seeing the the you know the plaques and stuff on the back of the truck. Still, it's still part of New York every day. It re it really is. So for everyone tuning in right now, if you you were touched by that and this tragedy. Uh, affected you and your family, my condolences and uh, our thoughts. And uh, John Stewart does a great job trying to. Yeah. Um, one guy I just wanted to throw out there. John Stewart does a great job uh, fighting for a family rights and the victims' rights still to this day, Mike. Yeah, compensation for those people that have not just dealt with problems in the immediacy of the attacks, but in the two decades since. Many more people have perished, Gabe, that were first responders and became sick from inhaling all the chemicals and materials that were around the site. Uh, I sometimes think of that myself because I continued to live in the fi financial district for two years after that. I, I think I took it as a, some sort of a weird sense of pride that I wasn't going to be moved out by that. So I was around the aftermath. It was pretty intense at times, and uh, I, I feel lucky that I'm happy and healthy. But shout out to John Stewart, obviously, for engineering those uh, charitable efforts, but also to the 343 firefighters that perished that day and to all the firefighters, police officers, and everybody else that responded that day and continued to respond in the weeks and months and years after and to this current day. You know, there was never going to be a, there's no bow at the end of this, but no. we're up against it as far as the, the break is concerned. And we will get into some football, but obviously, you know, this is something we had to, we had to bring up. But the way that everything just ended, as well overseas just it makes it's i don't know just sort of even worse like somehow yeah. now, isn't it it's like yeah, really what was it all about right yeah I, you know you know what i'm saying right it's yeah. just like oh god there's like, no there's no actual it, conclusion there, yeah, there, there, there's there's no closure there's no closure right right like i hate to say it but nevertheless so our closure will be as we stated you know our prayers and i'm not just saying that i live there and man it hit me every damn day guys so uh, our condolences and our prayers to everybody that's affected football picks on the other side
afternoon and get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Late night anger match progress continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenzi. Let's talk some football. So, Mike, you're going to be on Sunday morning. What time do the festivities start? 10 a.m., buddy. Pro football today. Myself, Dave Martinez, and Ariel Epstein. We're going to be going through all the games. We've got guests, DFS. we got Dr. Chow on talking injuries, which are already a big part of the NFL season. Uh, we're going to have uh, Dave Sherapan, handicapper on, Adam Kaplan, uh, in- NFL insider. He'll be on in the third hour. So a good cast of characters, and I'm really fired up. I'm excited to get back in studio uh, for the first time in a long time. The question is, as a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, will you be as excited at about 4.30 Eastern time on Sunday afternoon? Steelers uh, getting six and a half. What's your take on the game? I'm fired up for the game. Here's the reality for me with the Steelers game is I think they're in a weird lame duck situation, right, where Ben's not going to be the quarterback next year. And I don't have high outsized expectations for them. But people are throwing a lot of shade at them. Uh, the defense is still very good. I think they have a capable offense, certainly good weapons there. The offensive line is the the end-all, be-all for the success of this team. Obviously, Ben is connected to that in some ways. I think it's a tall order for them, but there's a bunch of games where we're just throwing around touchdowns and throwing around points like, the, like they're candy. And it seems a bit much to me. Uh, I think the Bills get the W, but I wouldn't be afraid of taking the six and a half and just sitting on that in a close game. Any feeling as far as um, the total is concerned? Uh, people generally feel it's going to be a lower scoring game sitting at 48 and a half. It came down. It was like 50 and a half um, last week, a week and a half ago. It's it's consistently Moving. falling. Yeah. yeah. You know, based on what we saw in game number one, granted one of those defenses probably won't be very good this year, but I think we see this a lot at early in the seasons, Gabe, where the offenses are a little bit in front of the defenses. It takes the defenses a little bit to catch up. And yeah. when you have a high-powered offense like the Bills are, uh, even the Steelers, who might be able to contain them to some extent, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bills put up 28 points, like a 28-23 kind of win makes sense to me. I, I'm not in love with the under. Uh, we're over betters. Who am I kidding? I love overs. <laughs> I love overs. Uh, and I would probably lean to it. It's not my favorite play, probably, uh, of the weekend. But I'm going to lean to over just because I, I really do think that the offenses will be a step in front of the defenses to start the season. Speaking of line movement, uh, Carolina Panthers down to three and a half uh, right now. Um, so looking looking at the NFL card this week, what games do you like the most? Like, have you have you bet? Which which is your best yeah. bet? Yeah. Your best props, etc. What are you looking at uh, this week? I was in New Jersey today, Gabe. So I fired up a uh, fired up a whole bunch. I got my last few futures in there, and uh, I. So I what did you it. stop at a diner or like uh, what what what, I is, what did book. you do? I was out oh, of old, okay. old digs. I was oh, in the area. To so. do it in person. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wanted to get a feel of how things were going over there, but you know, the horse races got started, and we had our horse racing crew there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did it. I, I wanted to get a feel for it. I, I took some pictures. I'll probably post them a little bit later. But um, I, the Panthers were the first team that I jumped on. I think the Jets, who I think they have the barge pointed in the right direction, Gabe, but we're talking about a rookie quarterback with a first-year head coach, a first-time offensive coordinator who's never called plays in the NFL before, and I think Darnold might get unlocked a little bit with Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. 
even if the Jets find their legs at some point, I don't like them to find it this early. So I jumped on the Panthers minus three and a half. Yes, it's chalk, but uh, I'm not that worried about the key number. I think the Panthers are going to be able to put up some points and attack the very inexperienced Jets corners. What's your feeling of uh, of the other New York football team and the New York Giants getting three points against the visiting Denver Broncos? I think it's a little bit of a tougher game. When I, when I look at the card, that one is a little tougher for me. I think people are happy to pounce on the Giants and tell us how bad they're going to be this year. That's the national outside perspective. Yes. Might be the inside perspective as well, right? I, yes. mean, I think there's a wait-and-see attitude in New York and New Jersey about them, but – you're right, Mike. Like everything I read, and you know, you see the same things. And everyone I talk to, uh, I I was reading a I was reading a um, sort of a data guy that I respect last night. Yeah. And he said that he has the Giants to be the fifth worst projected offense in the National Football League. And I'm thinking, well, look at all the talent they have on paper. They're not expected to be the fifth worst. Like, like you said, no one really thinks this team's any good. People think Danny Jones sucks. Yeah. Uh, they think Daniel Dimes is Danny Pennies. Yeah. Uh, they think Gettleman's on the clock and. Jury's still out on on Judge, uh, pardon the pun, yeah. uh, etc. But they're already, they're, you know, what's what's your take on? It's a tough game, but should Denver be three point favorites on the road? I think that's where I'm at. Uh, the Giants do have a fatal flaw on this team, and I, I don't think they'll be that good as a result of it. This offensive line is a problem. Andrew Thomas, their first round pick from last year, did not play up to those expectations. And the rest of the offensive line, Will Hernandez, Nate Solder comes back from uh, taking a year off for COVID. And there's a couple of other players uh, out there that may not make them into a top tier or even mid-tier offensive line. But we're expecting Teddy Bridgewater and and a conservative Vic Fangio offense just to come in here and roll over the Giants. There's a bunch of home dogs this week, Gabe. I think I'm actually inclined. I'd love to get three and a half on this. I don't know if I if I wait if that's going to be the case, but uh, I'm not jumping on Denver. I, in this one, I don't know that'll back them much this year. I'll take the Giants for a home W. We've been talking about the Houston Texans getting points all week, uh, talking about on the money line as well. You know, perception of reality could be two different things, and I'm not saying the Houston Texans are going to be an 11 and uh, 11 and six football team this year, yeah. but I think they can win this game. Yeah. What's your opinion on Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, and uh, David Culley's debuts? My opinion is that last time I saw Urban Meyer on the sidelines in one of those preseason games, he looked like he was going through a really hard time. <laughs> he looked like he was not ready for this grind. Uh, I think Jacksonville ultimately has more talent than Houston, but you make a point that is important to note. As much as I think Houston will be the worst team in the NFL, and they've got so many moving parts, and I think it's going to be a really rough year to be a Texans fan, I don't think they're going to go 0-17. I think they can scratch out three wins, and a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach, which I just bashed for the Jets, I can't just jump on them uh, here against Houston. I had the opportunity to place that bet today, laid off of this game, but if you're making me uh, choose, I absolutely We'll take the points here. I probably won't do it again for the whole year, Gabe, but plus three, let's go. Mike blew it uh, with us. All right, Mike, before we get you out of here, uh, college uh, football, there's some fun games this week. There's some big games in the sense of programs that would mean a hell of a lot to them to be 2-0. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh and Tennessee is just one of those games that that intrigues me in that sense. But obviously, we've got Ohio State uh, and the Ducks 
um, your Boston College Eagles get uh, yeah. what UMass this week, so it's not 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 much of a concern uh, there this week. Iowa Iowa State is a, is a, is an interesting rivalry game that nationally really doesn't get a lot of pub. Um, my Michigan Wolverines and the Washington Huskies on Saturday night. What's your take on the college football card this weekend, and uh, what what game are you most looking forward to watching and uh, and betting? Sure. Uh, you mentioned the two of them. Iowa Iowa State, sixty seven years in this rivalry, never. Have they both been ranked before? Keep in mind, there's a lot of lean years there for Iowa State football, and they're actually in a position where they're a highly ranked team. Uh, I do like the Hawkeyes. I think they're the more talented team, so I'm taking the points on the road with the Hawkeyes. You mentioned the other game that I I am really interested in watching. I I need to see a Pac-12 team go on the road and make some sort of a statement. I think UCLA got things started in the right direction, but week one was a brutal week for the Pac-12. They got beat all over the card, and I need Oregon to show up. I don't have to have them beat Ohio State in Columbus as a two-touchdown underdog, but let's show up. Let's play it close and not get run over by a Big Ten powerhouse. Pittsburgh, Tennessee is an interesting one. Hold on. Let me ask you, though. Go ahead. Is that possible? Can they stop it? Because I don't think so. I think Ohio State are going to roll these guys. The Ducks, I think the Ducks can score, Mike. I love the over this game, 63. Yeah, 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 same. So I think the Ducks, like, it wouldn't surprise me if the Ducks scored 30, 34 points, 30-plus points, and they still don't cover type thing, like 51-35, right? Like, I don't know if I'm being a little little ambitious saying Ohio State gets 50 points, but am I? I mean, I think these guys, they didn't play well last week, and they scored 45. That's right. And don't right. tell me the golf, the Ducks defense is better than the Gophers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know that they can. I, that's why I said I, I think I'm, I'm most curious to, to watch it to see if they can hang in there. But Ohio State at some point, like they do every season, is going to get on a roll. Does the roll start because like, all right, we got the crappy first half out of the way against Minnesota. Uh, do we just turn it up a notch from here? It still is an inexperienced quarterback. So uh, you have all those things swimming around. Is this Ohio State version of this Ohio State defense as dominant as the previous few? I don't think it is, but uh, I'm with you. I, I don't know that Oregon hangs in there for all four quarters, but I like to see it. All right, Mike, we got about uh, 30 seconds. Anything else on the way out? Any other college games you like? Um, what do you think of that Pittsburgh game? Yeah, so Pittsburgh, Tennessee, because, man, Pittsburgh are trendy, man. Everyone's betting yes. on Pitt, 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 Pitt. Yeah. Love the Johnny Majors angle of this game. Yeah. Love that. And that's that's right. Johnny Majors, uh, Johnny Majors classic. Great, great stuff. Had the opportunity to see him coach live, actually, with the Tennessee Volunteers against uh, the Colorado Buffaloes when they're defending champions. We got uh, 30 seconds. Who you got in the game? So uh, I, I like the fact that Kenny Pickett is experienced here. Uh, so going on the road uh, to try to upset uh, or rather take care of Tennessee is an interesting angle there. But I'm going to go with – I'm going to take the points. I, I need a home dog here, so I'm going to take Tennessee with the points, at least if they keep it tight. Uh, I got a few points to work with. Maybe Josh Heupel turns things around. I got to tell you, man, I'm a big Pittsburgh Panther believer and backer. I bet season win totals on these guys over the years. Yeah. But without being stated, I don't care. Everyone talks. They're not a high school team. And people are going into Neyland and yeah. winning this game right. and covering, like winning, winning by four points, not going to be easy. No. Right? Tennessee have athletes on defense that can collapse the pocket, man. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to this game. We got to get out of here, Mike. It's always a pleasure. I look forward Likewise. to seeing you guys on the air on uh, Sunday morning. And I'll be on at uh, 4 o'clock Eastern with Holden and Kushner breaking it all down. Thanks, Mike. Thank you.
Some people get their information from just anybody. Friends, co-workers, horoscopes, gum wrappers. If that's you, Dude. what are you doing? Credibility. It's a thing. We're your trusted source for gaming, odds, and more. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Welcome to the bullpen, Derek. Hello. Hi. Derek, uh, this indoor soccer is a new sport. Could you tell us something about it? Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's soccer played indoors, like in a hockey ring. Sort of soccer hockey. <laughs> Boy, that's an interesting combination. What are the rules? I don't know, really. <laughs> I don't care. I see. How does your team look? Uh, mostly Venezuelan. Great. Management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. We're throwing it down here on the Friday night uh, freak show. Countdown to kickoff is on. We've talked a hell of a lot of college football. And I remind you to uh, to follow me on Twitter at Sports Rage. You don't have to. And to be honest, I really don't care uh, if you do or not. <laughs> but with that being stated, I do post my picks in the morning. So uh, I'm going to put together my overnight card completely uh, after the show. Uh, tonight, um, I've shared pretty much everything that I do like. It doesn't mean I'm not going to add a couple of games along the way. Um, you know what? I want to find a total or two, and we've been successful with this on a couple of weeks in a row. I want to find a total or two in which there's like a massive mismatch and the total's in the 60s, yet one team won't be able to score. Ohio State and the Ducks, that's not one of them. So I'm going to identify that, and I want to I want to bring up and remind everybody too the military academy uh, angle. Well, military academies play against each other. It's 38 uh, 38 unders, nine overs, and one push. It's a hell of a run that it's been on, man. We've been cashing tickets with this, but it's down to 39 and a half right now. Navy and Air Force tomorrow on the 20th anniversary of 9/11. So let's. Um, Let's uh, let's get into the National Football League. I promise I'm going to go game by game. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at SportsRage uh, over the weekend. And I will be on live during the 4 o'clock games with Holden Kushner. Looking forward to that on Sunday afternoon. we got some great late games. So Pittsburgh Steelers get 6.5, total 48.5 at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo Bills are minus 290. I think the Bills are going to win. I have the Bills. I am a Bills fan for people tuning in that don't know. But I'm a Bills fan. I've been a Bills fan since uh, the 70s. Um, I think the Bills are going to win a game. I don't really like laying six and a half points. It's not really what I do when I when I bet NFL games. But I do think the Bills are going to win. They probably cover, but that back door is going to be open. So I like Buffalo to win. So figure out whether you want to tease it or you put it in the money line parlay, whatever's more advantageous for you. But I do think the total is too light at 48 and a half. People are acting like Pittsburgh's offense is terrible. Pittsburgh will be able to score. Like, Buffalo's defense is good, and I'm a diehard Bills fan, but Buffalo's defense is good, but they're not impenetrable, right? Like, Buffalo can easily give up in the mid-20s here. Like, I, I keep coming back to, like, 30-24 or 31-24. I think it's to be close to the number. Maybe the Bills kick a late field goal to cover, 33-24 type thing. You know, as we saw with Tampa the other night and, and Dallas, you can beat a better team. It's not easy to win a football game by seven or ten points in the NFL. You know, I don't care who you are. That's why even I talk about like even San Francisco. It's not easy to beat a team by nine points. All right, it just isn't. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but it doesn't mean it's easy. 
I do like the over, and I think Buffalo's going to win. Not in level lane of six and a half. Totals 48 and a half. New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers. I've got $500 on the Jets to be under six and a half uh, wins on the season. So I sort of have action on this game already. I'm not a Sam Darnold believer, but I think he will do better with Joe Brady and the talent around him now. And anyone's going to look good with McCaffrey or at least look better. Totals 45 and a half there. I, you know, I gotta, I'll say Carolina, though. I don't want to cop out. I, t- I say give an opinion on every game. I'll tell you what my best bets are, but those aren't one of them. I will have big money. Not big money, but one of my better bets is Pittsburgh-Buffalo over the number. But I do think Carolina will cover the number. I don't think they smoke them, but Carolina probably wins by seven, like 2014 or, you know, six, seven points type thing. Um, so, yeah, give me the Carolina Panthers minus. Uh, I prefer three than three and a half, though. I don't like three and a half. I'd bite a half a point. Uh, Jacksonville and Houston. I stand by it. I think Houston can win this football game outright. I really like the under 45 and a half here. I'm going to play the uh, the Texans on the money line. I'd rather just get plus 150 than take the three. I'll take the plus 150 on the money line, and I'll go under one. Uh, I'll go under 45 and a half. I'll go under 45 and a half. Jacksonville and Houston. Arizona and Tennessee. I'm not going to lie to you guys and ladies. I've had, I've had sort of doubts about this. I've had a little bit second, second, you know, cold, uh, cold feet. Because I've often said over the last like month or so, man, this number is weird. The Tennessee's only minus three. If you put them on a neutral field, they're not a pick them. But Arizona do have a lot of talent, and Tennessee haven't had a great camp. They've got injuries. They've had COVID. There's always something with this football team. And Tennessee have historically started the season off a little slow. And Arizona are hot starters. So I haven't put the bet in yet. And sometimes it's better to change your mind. So I don't like Tennessee like I did. I don't understand the point spread, but it doesn't mean i got to force a bet in on it. The total is up to 53.5 now. We know that, listen, Tennessee's defense isn't very good. It's bad, actually. Let's be real. And we know the Tennessee's offense is very good. Yet they lose Arthur Smith. They have a new. Uh, they have a new offensive coordinator for the first time now. Um, Arizona's offense could be pretty dangerous too. I'm not been. Listen, they're they're 12 and two to the over in their last 14 home games. The Titans. That's quite the trend, and you have to wonder how long is can that continue for. But. Um, I'm not ready to bet the under. I think Arizona on a teaser, guys. You get Arizona Cardinals plus 10 on a teaser. I, I, I can live with that. I can live with that a lot. And it leads us into another teaser game here. And this is another one where I swear, earlier in the week, and I don't love this game, but I'm just going game by game here. Earlier in the week, I was thinking, man, I don't know about the Falcons laying three and a half uh, points. Now it's down to three. Matthias, you're the Falcon fan, although you're a homer and you're biased, I think. Um, with your teams. <laughs> um, i got to be honest, though. Now that this game is approaching, I'm thinking it's not a bad spot for Atlanta, actually. I do think Arthur yeah, Smith is a good hire. You saw what he did yeah, with... Uh, with ta- it hurts. It's not yeah, you saw... For that. I don't know if we're on a delay here, but as I said, you saw what he did with Tannehill. Well, you know, you can't say it's not going to be that tough for them because it's Hurts. The Falcons' defense suck, bro. But I think offensively, the Falcons can be... Um, I think offensively, the Falcons can move the football. Like, people are making way too much. Oh, Julio Jones is in there. So what? Like, And I, it's not disrespect to Julio Jones. but So what's your pick? What's your final score prediction for the game? 
I think Atlanta wins 28 to 24. It'll be a tight game. I could see them coming back from behind in the fourth quarter to win that game. It just seems very Atlanta-like to do that against the Philadelphia Eagles in Atlanta. But if this game was in Philadelphia, Gabe, I'd be going with Philadelphia. Atlanta doesn't win in Philadelphia. It's just the way it goes. Philadelphia doesn't win that much in Atlanta. Well, they're both bad teams, so I wouldn't really... They don't win a lot anywhere, bro, either team. <laughs> so They have in years, at least the last few years. Uh, I'll put it that way. Um, yeah, home field. You know, to me, the difference is, in this game, while I'm buying into Atlanta here now, is, uh, man, I was wearing a Dodger hoodie earlier. Look at this, like, stupid blue. Blue, like... Uh, you know, like the blue fluff from the material of a hoodie? It's like sticking to my head. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I wipe it off, and I got more of it and stuff, that stupid hoodie. At least the Dodgers won and made his money tonight. But, yeah, I'm going to buy into the Falcons here in this game. I prefer Arthur Smith in his first game at home against Sirianni here, who I don't – I you know, and there's more pedigree with Smith. There's better players on the Falcons. The Falcons aren't a total train wreck. It just sort of fell apart for them. And as we stated, nice to see Dan Quinn's really tighten things up with that Dallas defense. <laughs> uh, like, honestly, like the Falcons, like it's an upgraded coaching here. I think the, that's why I'm starting to buy in here. When I started to really realize, I'm like, you know what? They, they actually have, like, smarter coaching now in uh, Atlanta. And if you tinker with the playbook – the problem with the Falcons is they were running the same damn plays for years. And Matt Ryan's not the same quarterback as he was. He can still play, but he doesn't. He, and Matt Ryan never threw fastballs to begin with, right? He, You know what I mean? He sort of always lobbed the ball in to begin with. Like, he's never had a cannon. And he's aged. He's not mobile. And they have him drop back, throwing these bombs and stuff like that. They're getting intercepted and batted down. You got to tinker, man, as guys get older. And say, you know what? This is the throws that he can make. These are the throws that he can't make. And let's let him do, let's make him put him in a position to succeed instead of like running the same place. I brought it up the other night when we got into a break. I, it was crazy because there was a kid on the Bengals. I think it was Lawson. And he was on a podcast, and they said, you know, he had like a nine sacks as a rookie or something, 11 sacks, whatever the hell it was. And they said, who's the easiest quarterback to sack and who's the hardest quarterback to sack in the NFL that you played against in, the, in your first year? And he said, he said, this sounds crazy. And he goes, I'm not saying this to diss the guy because he goes, the guy's amazing. But he goes, Aaron Rodgers was the easiest to sack. He goes, I sacked him twice. And he goes, I actually sacked him a third time, but there was a penalty on the play, right? He goes, I would have had three sacks against him. And and he goes, I'm not dissing Aaron Rodgers when I say this. But he said, the, he goes, the Packers plays, and this was when McCarthy was the coach. It was the last year of McCarthy. And it was obvious, too. And he goes, the Packers run these plays where it takes forever to develop. He goes, they like to throw it deep, and they're, they're doing these plays. And he goes, they've, he said they ran all the plays we thought they were going to run, and they were predictable. And he said Rodgers was, like, left in the pocket for too long, like he was left vulnerable. And he goes, man, we smoked them. I mean, if you guys remember that game, the Bengals were up 14 nothing to start that game, and then the Packers came back and won it outright, but uh, the Bengals covered as big dogs. And, um, and... And he said, ironically enough, he goes, the hardest quarterback to sack I played against was uh, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> and he said, he goes, number one, he goes, they get rid of the ball really fast. He goes, with Trubisky, it's frustrating. You can't get there in time. 
And and he goes, secondly, he goes, when you get there, he goes, damn, you realize the guy's pretty big, right? Like, he goes, it's hard to smoke him because he's a big dude. And it's funny, like, just the perception, right? And he said, you know, I'm not saying Trubisky's better than Rodgers. But that's sort of the deal with, with me right now with uh, with Matt Ryan. you got to get rid of the ball fast. Don't have him drop back. And get a little ground game going, too. And I, I'm interested to see if they can get something going there um, with, with Mike Davis. So, you know what? I like the Falcons now. Do I love it? No. Uh, everyone's liking Washington so much. I'm telling you guys, Washington's defense is good, but they're not the steel curtain. They're being a little bit overvalued. I think if this it's a toss-up, this is a great game to tease, get the Chargers up to plus 8.5. They're one and a half point underdogs right now, but I think the Chargers are going to beat them. I, I don't, I'm not taking San Francisco minus 8.5, all right? I think it's kind of a trappish type game, but I'm not telling you guys to take the Lions either. Uh, but I do think it's a trappish type game, and I might take Detroit in a teaser or something like that, but I'm not recommending it to you. Um, Seattle and Indianapolis, I don't trust Carson Wentz. Uh, I don't like the fact that T.Y. Hilton is out. I don't like the fact that Eric Fisher is out on the offensive line. They're missing linebackers. Um, I think Seattle might be better than people think they are uh, this year. Like no one's, Everyone's talking about the Niners, including myself. Everyone's talking about the Rams. People aren't talking about the Seahawks very much. I think they could have a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to be better than people think. I think they're going to go in there and they're going to beat the Colts. The Vikings and the Bengals the game I had the least opinion on. I like the Dolphins plus the three. I like the Browns plus the points, but I like the Browns on a teaser more. Same with the Giants. We'll hit the other games on the other side. Bring it. Sports Grid Radio Network. Well, we always tell you it's the uh, quickest 180 minutes of sports talk radio, and we don't lie. All right, man, that was a fast-ass show tonight. Thanks to all of our guests, uh, Tony Finn. Uh, so, well, Tony just, uh, well, Tony tortured us tonight, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Tony Tony tortured us tonight. Uh, all right, thanks to, uh, to Matthias in, uh, in Master Control uh, from the NASA Space Station. And um, <laughs> thanks to Eli Gold, great stuff with Eli. Great, great stuff, and great job by Matthias getting uh, Eli Gold on uh, the show. Um, so to wrap up the NFL games, uh, Packers and Saints. I think that's going to be a fun football game. That's going to be a really fun game. It's it's three and a half right now. Get it down to three. I think the Packers win the game. Uh, Rams. Somebody in their chat earlier was asking about money line parlays and stuff. I don't see Andy Dalton winning this game, guys. And I think the Bears are a decent football team if they had a decent quarterback, and they will once they get Justin Fields in there. But Andy Dalton is a sacrificial lamb. They don't want to get Fields killed in Los Angeles against that defense in his first ever game on the road. I get it. That's why Dalton's getting $10 million. He's basically getting $10 million. I don't even know if Dalton's going to get through this game, though. Right, but I think the Rams are going to win. You want a money line at parlay seven? I'm going to take the Giants plus the points. Uh, give me the Giants. Giants are a good teaser. All right, like I said, follow me on Twitter at SportsRage. I'm going to post all my NFL picks Sunday morning. I'm going to be on live during the games, the four o'clock Eastern games. But listen, like the Denver, the Denver New York game is going to be a close game, right? So like the uh, Denver Denver New York is going to be close. Um, so give, give me the Giants plus 10 in a teaser. I like the Dolphins a lot in a teaser, too. 
I think the Dolphins and Pats will be close, but I think Tua's going to shut everybody up, and he's going to beat Mac Jones. And, um, and, um, I like the Dolphins plus 10, Giants plus 10. Uh, give me the Giants plus 10 and the Rams down to a pick em. Um, You know, the, the Dolphins plus 10, Rams down to a pick em. There's a lot of nice combinations there that we can rock and ride with. Follow me on Twitter, at SportsRage. And uh, keep it locked in here on the grid. Going to have some great coverage all day long on Sunday. I'll be live at 4 o'clock Eastern Sunday afternoon with Holden Kushner. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Where you get your information is at least as important as what it is. We're your trusted source for gaming, odds, and strategy.